Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another edition of the How to Bet the Kentucky Derby podcast, Episode 7, the final edition. We will be looking at the actual field of the Kentucky Derby, talking uh, through the predictive form numbers with Danny Zucker, and hopefully coming up with uh, some likely winners, some likely upsetters underneath. Uh, this is the, the type of year I think can definitely uh, have, a, have a really good uh, super effective payout. So hopefully... Uh, between myself and and Danny, uh, we can find some some big numbers. So uh, we will get to Danny in a moment. I'm uh, loading up the uh, the pace figures here and the uh, the, uh, the Brisnet uh, PPs as well. So uh, should be a uh, to me an excellent betting race. Uh, we've said all along. There's clearly uh, there's four. Uh, four favorites, uh, Irish War Cry, Classic Empire, Always Dreaming, and uh, McCracken. And I like two of them, and I don't like two of the others. So to me, uh, if you beat two of the four favorites in a 20-horse field, even if you're right about the other two favorites, you can still do okay. So uh, I'm definitely excited to play this race. I'm excited to get Danny's uh, impressions of it after actually seeing the full field, going through the PPs. I know he did some pedigree work as well. Uh, so let's bring him on. Danny Zucker, how are you doing? What do you say, Eddie D? Uh, just ready to to make some money on this race. You are the king of Twitter. I am? You're just crushing it out there. Ah, oh, you're just crushing yeah. it. Well, I want to make sure everyone knows what my opinion is. That's what this yeah, game's well, all about, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You want to go inside out? Well, we have the. Yeah, we have. Uh, did you say when do I head out? No, I said, do you want to go inside out, or do you want to just key on no, some horses yeah, and start I, that? I think, for, I think for this race, we can go inside out, and uh, you know we'll. Some horses will spend longer on than others, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. And then we'll, we'll wrap it up with a bow, hopefully, uh, you know, maybe 20 minutes through the field and then 10 minutes on strategy. So, yeah, inside sure. out works for me. Uh, number one, looking at Lee, uh, the dreaded rail position. Uh, probably doesn't right. hurt a closer as much and the horse directly to his outside. Uh, really, the next two uh, plan to be a pace presence. So he should be able to drop back without too much trouble. So I'm not – as worried with the post as maybe some others. 20 to 1 on the morning line. Uh, it seems like the type that couldn't be around at the end, but probably needs improvement for the win spot. What do you think? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to talk about the figures, and then I'll talk, talk a little bit about the dam side breeding. I think the dam side breeding is important because it's not built into the odds. Trainer, jockey, and sire are built into the odds. So every time somebody says Pletcher, you know, it's like, you know, and tomorrow's Friday. Anybody says, oh, Corey Lannery is four for 14, tomorrow's Friday. 
We know how to read the we know how to read the PPs. We see percentages. Reiterating those percentages as a handicapping strategy makes sense, except if you're in the fact of a commercial business like us or some of the other forms out there. And all they're doing is reading buyers, this, that. So I'm going to try to take a level deeper than what you see on paper and talk about the figures. And then I'm also going to talk about, well, you know, from what I see from a, a, a dam side breeding, which again is not built into the price and why I think it's important. So on the dam side, I think looking at Lee, uh, you know, looking at Lee's dam, Langara last raced at Emerald Downs and Hastings Park. And the horse was third and 10th at nine furlongs. The two times the horse ran at distance, I think from a figure perspective, last race was really toppy ed. I mean, the horse goes 69, 72, 75, 79. I think something like a 79 or 80 will win this race. So if looking at Lee comes back and runs the same figure, he certainly could win. I would expect something more like re regression than I would see as a forward move here. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you know, his running style sort of gives you the look that, okay, if he's closing late, he can, you know, clunk up for third and fourth at a big price. Probably wouldn't discourage people from that type of use. But uh, on the win end, it seems like last time was the time for him. And, you know, trouble or not, uh, he didn't get the job done. And now he has to replicate that performance, uh, which really was a big improvement. So I'm, I'm with you. All right. Yep, yep. I mean, the rail's a good spot for a horse like this to be in, but again, a 10-point forward move uh, with an equal amount of space in between, um, you know, you just wonder, you know, the horse runs the same improvement, he runs 82 and wins, but I think it's really unlikely, I would expect, looking at Lee to regress, and really looking at the dam side, uh, there's just not anything there to latch onto from a price perspective. I know that's crazy to say about a 20 to one shot, but you know, if a 20 to one shot is 50 to one, that's one thing. If a 20 to one shot is 20 to one, that's another thing. And I think looking at lucky will be more of that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Lee, not looking at lucky. Sorry. Yeah. We knew you meant, uh, number two, thunder snow. I'd say of, of all the horses, probably most hurt by the post he drew, uh, stuck inside, who have a horse to his outside, who uh, you know might be looking to to gun to the lead and get the rail uh, right. from Dubai, which I love. Uh, those who have listened to the last two Derby podcasts know that I was dead against Mutaij and Lani. Uh, I think it's very difficult to win off the plane with your six weeks rest. He has looked good in the morning. He has very good net class ratings. Uh, there is some stuff to like, and I'm probably not going to be. I'm not going to throw him out completely underneath. He's not a win contender for me. Uh, how about for you? Well, the, the one thing I could say, and I can't really read the read the form here, and you, you can figure that out on your own, and I'm not even going to try, um, but the um, the damn Eastern Joy has, you know, produced a number of runners that have run at long distances. You know, he's got one uh, that ran at 12, one at nine furlongs in synthetic, uh, a couple sibs that ran at 10 furlongs. Uh, so it seems like the family, albeit most of it is on grass or synthetic, have run longer distance than the other families here. And so that is interesting because a mile and a quarter is longer than these horses ever run. So I would, I would consider him, I don't know whether he's a win candidate or 
whether he runs sixth, and that's a good performance, but he's not a horse I would exclude automatically like the next horse we're going to talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah, as much as I don't like uh, the, the ship from Dubai, uh, there's clearly talent there. And not that there's not with Fast and Accurate who won the spiral, but, uh, you know, we're talking about another level of race here, and he just seems overmatched. Right, right. Figure-wise, last race was a double-top 72. That's all you need to know. You know, a best performance, four furlong, and final furlong, still eight points slower than a bunch of these, no shot. There you go. My bet to finish last. He's not who I like to finish last. Uh, well, we'll get to that. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's interesting you bring that up because, I mean, fast and accurate, he's, well, if he goes to the lead, I guess he could fade totally to last. But typically horses like this just get around the track and they finish 15th and, you know, back to synthetic. So, uh, yeah, 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 we'll see. Uh, so one, more, one, more, one more comment about, Ed, one more comment about fast and accurate is his yeah. four furlong and final figures uh, last out at, Turfway were 78 and 76. Those are fast sprinter kind of a numbers. So I think you mentioned this earlier, but he does look like you know one of the couple horses that has that will be on top that will be going for the lead early. Yeah, and his owner has said as much. He threw down the gauntlet and said we're we want to win gate to wire. So we'll see. I mean, it's not going to doubt it'll happen, but uh, at least they they've telegraphed their intentions. Uh, number four in Trapped, uh, an adventurous spring. Uh, looked at times like he might jump up and, and be one of the ones uh, we'd be talking about for favoritism. Never really put it together. Uh, got nipped uh-huh. with the, the wire for, uh, you know, second when Sonneteer uh, finished behind Malagasy and the Rebel. Uh, didn't really do much in the Arkansas Derby either. 30-1 to one here. Uh, to me, another one very similar to looking at Lee, and they share a barn. They're both with Steve Asmussen. Uh you know, can, can, some races have been okay, but just seems like need needs help to get the job done. From a figure perspective, you know, Untrapped ran a 73 first out lifetime, which is a good number below 70 once. You know, a decent forward progression of 75, 76, and 77. But I, I just think that the horse is not fast enough and maybe not quite good enough to win. Um, there's nothing underneath either that says, you know, the horse is worth playing underneath. Uh, he's the best runner um, by the dam of three sibs. So there's not much to like or dislike about the family. So this is pretty, pretty blah for me. Um, just kind of like, eh. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, one of those, similar to fast and accurate, I think he'll get around. He won't be last, but I never uh-huh. expect him to look like a threat to win. Uh, number five, always streaming, uh, a name on many's uh, list as a threat to win. Uh, five to one, second choice on the morning line. Uh, jumped up and ran big in a stakes debut in the Florida Derby. Uh, has had uh, some adventurous mornings uh, at Churchill, including uh, an exercise rider change and an equipment change uh, to get him to settle down. And he is one of the favorites I am against. Uh, it was a big jump up in the Florida Derby. Uh, I feel like we've seen this movie before from Todd Pletcher. And uh, I'm not one of those that thinks Pletcher can't win the Derby. He has won the Derby. Uh, we'll get to a horse who I think maybe can be a factor later. 
Uh, but for me, always streaming is just too short a price. What do you think? Well, there's a couple things that uh, I think about always streaming. The first one is this really big forward move, and you made reference to it, from a 68 to an 81, almost an 81 last out. Um, you know, that's really big progress, which three-year-olds can do. But, you know, if always – so 80.7 is what always dreaming ran. It's the fastest figure last out of all the horses. So if he comes back and runs that figure, obviously he can win. What, what I'm not crazy about is from the dam side, there's just a lot of sprint there. Uh, above, perf- above Perfection, who is his dam, made 500K as a sprinter, as did his best sibling, Hot Dixie Chick, who you remember was a sprinter as well. So I think there's a lot of sprinting on the dam side. And um, I, I have distance concerns, to be frank with you, about always dreaming. And, and as well, that last out, uh, you know, I question whether the horse can get the distance and certainly, for my money, there's not a lot of value here. So I'm not going to be using Always Dreaming. All right. Two heavy hitters here tossing one of the favorites. I like it. Uh, state of honor to his outside uh, in the preliminary PPs. Uh, he looked like maybe he could be a contender, uh, make some noise. Uh-huh. Uh, it seems like he's dropped a little bit on the value plays, at least for you. Uh, you know, I like that he stays on. He seems to run his race. Uh this might be a, a bridge too far, though, of the Derby. Yeah, I mean, figure-wise, you know, nice foundation at 77 or 78. You know, if the horse comes back and runs 77 or 78, which is likely, you know, you might see a, a finish in the first half of the field. Uh, again, kind of a blah horse, and if I'm looking for somebody to win, it's certainly not state of honor, somebody to use underneath. I don't know, pretty unmotivated by the horse. Um so, again, we're trying to find a winner. We'll talk about, you know, how to play it a little bit. Um, but, yeah, another another blah for me. Um, in terms of the the dam side, the best sib to State of Honor is a miler. The dam was unraced. So, again, nothing there that's too exciting um, on the dam side. Yeah. Uh, well, I know the Queen's Plate is on their mind with him as well. He was bred in Canada, so – that might be his mile and a quarter classic. Uh, to his outside, number seven, Gervin, uh, to me, has yeah. the look of a uh, horse that might be under the radar, even though he had won two straight stakes. Uh, <clears throat> and then he had the training mm-hmm. issues, uh, delayed workout, swimming. Uh, there's just too much going on with him. Uh, I what do you mean delayed workout and swimming? Uh, he was supposed to work last Tuesday. They pushed it back all the way to Saturday. Uh, so instead of two works, he's only had one. He swam on Monday. He didn't go back to the track until Tuesday. Uh, I just can't see a horse with that type of pattern uh, into the Derby winning, regardless of what mm-hmm. the numbers say. There's this, you, you can't you can't have that pattern of workout ten days out and win the Derby. The, the, the numbers tell you that he's got a decent foundation, you know, he's run 74 first out, 78, 75, 77. So you know, the horse is a good pattern of, of consistency. What I don't like about Gervin, again, I'm going to go to the dam side family. The dam is not built into the price. This is where we find value and find horses that are over bet. The dam catch the moon uh, had a sibling, and the only si- sibling was a horse named Cockton Loaded. Cockton Loaded was a very good sprinter at five furlongs and six furlongs, but couldn't get a mile. So you say, okay, look at Gervin's one sibling. The horse was a sprinter. And again, 
I'm looking at value-based analysis for this. So from a number standpoint, there, there's not a lot that says Gervin's going to make a big step forward. I think there's slight regression coming, I think, from a, um, you know, from a dam side where the value is going to be. There's none there. And, you know, adding on your comments, I, I don't think Gervin's somebody we would uh, – somebody we would take a stand against. Number eight is Hence, a uh, horse I'm interested in, the highest first net speed rating last out in the Sunland Derby, right. a race that buyer actually increased the number after some horses came back and won. So uh, happy that we uh, were, were right about that one, or at least it uh, looks like short-term we were. We'll see. Uh, but to me, definitely mm-hmm. feels like one ones. I prefer him in a crack or always dreaming, and uh, I'm very interested right. to play him at 15 to 1. So – we saw the Sunland Derby in terms of predictive form as a really key race. A Conquest Mo Money had a, a big, big figure coming out of that. Conquest More Money Mo Money was our play in the Bluegrass. Was it the Bluegrass Ed? Uh, he was in the Arkansas Derby. Arkansas, and he ran second, right? Yeah, I wrap won the Bluegrass uh, also out of the Sunland. Right, Derby. right. So, so, so Conquest Mo Money was our play uh, in that race. Um, and there was one other horse that I think came out of the Sunland Derby that ran really well. He does have a double top, which is, you know, fastest final figure and fastest four furlong figure. Both were by uh, a fairly big amount. But <clears throat> I go back to this being a pretty key race. And we've seen horses with big numbers run big numbers. Um, and so, I, you know, I, what did Conquest Mo Money run, do you know? Uh, I believe it was a – if it wasn't an 80.1, it may have been a 79.9, but right there around 80. I can look it up so, while you uh, chat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, look, look it up. Actually, I'm just going to pull it up here. Are you on horse search? Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, look it up, Ed, while I'm chatting. So there, there's that, – that seems to be to be a key race – you know, if you go back and you look at the horse's performance, they're, they're all forward moves. A reversal, a new pace top, another new pace top, and then a decent race in the southwest. And not surprisingly, uh, he ran a really big race in the Sunland Derby. Um, you know, has a start over at Churchill. From the dam side where we look for value, um, hence the dam is floating island. Floating Island's best races were at 9.5 furlongs, though a maiden, their first sib, inclusive, tried 9 and 10 furlongs on the turf um, and didn't run well. So nothing on the dam side that says value, but I do think Hence is an interesting prospect on top. All right. Yeah, and at, at the price especially, I mean, uh, you get out of those top four, I, I think uh, you have a true separation. Uh, and you look like you might be 20 or 25 to 1, a week or so ago, but the the good works and and Buzz definitely has his price down a little bit, uh, but I still think he's uh-huh. in the right ballpark. Uh, IRAP is one of those horses who finished behind. Him yeah, and, and, and I would just make one, one more comment on Conquest Mo Money, who ran third, second. Conquest Mo Money ran through his double top at Sunland and finished within seventy nine point nine, almost an eighty at Oaklawn. So, 
it's like a key race right there. You know, that, that solidifies at least hence <clears throat> as a reasonable horse to consider in here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and Conquest Mo Money, we'll see in the Preakness. So uh, we'll see how the, yeah. the form holds up in the Derby. Uh, and part of that form is IRAP, uh, Beat Practical Joke, yeah. McCracken and J-Boy's Echo, and Taprit in the Bluegrass. Uh, and you're getting 20 to 1 on uh, the horse who beat all those and uh, comes out of the key race, Sunland Derby. Uh, it does seem like uh, that was uh, that was the race. He jumped up. He got he got the money. Yeah. Uh, it's hard for me to see him replicating here. So IRAP ran a 76.2 double top in the Sunland Derby, came back and ran a big race. Again, if you would have caught that um, Conquest Mo Money ran a big race, or, you know, uh, follow, in other words, IRAP led me to Conquest Mo Money, okay? Another double top that was repeated or blown through coming out of the same race means the reason why we like Hence. I happen to agree with you with IRAP. And here's the interesting thing on the dam side with IRAP. Do you know IRAP's <laughs> SIB, the dam's first progeny, uh, was a champion sprinter named Spicetown in 1999. Pretty good. Yeah, he was a good sprinter. And sire. He was a good sprinter. And, and I just went back 18 years to tell you about the last horse in the family that could run. So there's been this big void of progress out of Silk and Cat. That's what makes this breeding game so interesting. Silk and Cat's first progeny was uh, over a million-dollar winter, a champion sprinter that went on to be a sire. The horse... The dam then had 12, uh, 12 other progeny over 15 years, and none of them can run. And then comes <laughs> IRAP. Like <they're laughs> and and they, bred, they bred IRAP to Tisnow to kind of come up with that, right? So it's just really interesting that, you know, you, you can take 12 shots with this, with this dam who produced a champion, and then on the, you know, the 12th shot, you wind up getting another good runner. That, to, to say all that tells me, you know, Iraq probably ran his race, uh, you know, a forward progress off. In, in, you have to be aware that Iraq ran what we call a paired-up top. So when a horse tends to run a paired-up top, meaning back-to-back top races at the same figure, they're a toss. And that's what I learned from Kerry. I think Iraq's a toss. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a little interesting at the price, but it, it just – it, it seems like he's just not – someone's going to pass him this time. I don't know how it didn't happen last time. Uh, number 10, Gunnivera, uh, disappointed as the favorite in the Florida Derby, just left with too much to do late, took an interesting hard left out of the gate. Uh, I guess they wanted to save ground on the rail, but pretty much lost all momentum. It was like he had a standing start when he finally got going again. Uh, so definitely willing to forgive that effort. Uh, the morning reports have not been kind, though, so uh, we'll see where he ends up odds-wise. 15-1 to 1 on the morning line. Not a lot of buzz about his look, uh, but, you know, certainly fits if you think the pace is going to come back to him. Right, well, I mean, you can't – I'm going to make a comment here that's pretty obvious, but you can't discount Javier Castellano at a price like this. From a figure standpoint, he's too slow. You know, he's too slow, and there's nothing that tells me he's going to run a big number here. Ran a 78 last out, which was a three-point improvement. Uh, a repeat of 78 puts the horse in the top five. 
uh, a forward move two points, which I just don't see. I mean, there's not a lot that says the horse is going to run back another big figure because, you know, he's had this consistency with a few forward moves from uh, from the dam side. Guinevere is the best sibling from a dam ever. The um, you know, so there's nothing in there's no insight there. I think he's going to be too slow in this field. Yeah, I, I wanted to like him after the last, and I mean, not even as a win candidate, but it just seemed like, okay, closers, who who can come up? And, you know, I'm against always dreaming of McCracken, so I was thinking maybe Gunnivera's uh, the one. But, uh, yeah, but between what you just said and, and then the reports this week, uh, he's, he's pretty easy to oppose. Is sort of one yep. of those at 15 to 1. I'd, I'd rather have Hence. Uh, at 30 to 1, uh, the first of two we'll talk about from the Santa Anita Derby, Battle of Midway. Uh, chatter after the race was that he was the one everyone wanted out of the race. Uh, you know, I'm not sure I want either of them, so it doesn't really matter. But he did the dirty work up front, looked okay. Uh, but just seems like that, that region's a cut below the rest this year with yeah. uh, your take on him. <clears throat> from a figure perspective, he's too slow. You know, he's... Uh, 74, which is a really good number first out, but no pops to 75, so he's going to have to improve eight points. I did make a mention that uh, on the dam side, the dam uh, ran was a nice dam, and she ran well at a long distance. Uh, Battle of Midway is by Smart Strike, so we're not going to be surprised to see the horse get the distance. I think the horse is too slow to win, uh, but I... I'm considering Battle of Midway underneath, just as a, you know, one of these horses. I think with some breeding, on the dam side might move forward on move forward with the distance. Yeah, he's he's interesting as sort of uh, he's consistent. He'll run his race, and I agree, could stick around. Thirty to one's the right yep. price, maybe to find. Yep. Uh, number yep. number twelve's the maiden sonneteer. Uh, I definitely expect him to run better than the maiden last year, Trojan Nation. I am surprised to see 50 to one on the morning line. That's the same as Fast and Accurate. Uh, I absolutely think Fast and Accurate will be the longest shot on the board, and I think Sonatier has has his backers. Uh, by no means am I saying he's going to be, you know, 20 to one, uh, but I don't think he'll be close to Fast and Accurate, and I do think he'll be running late. Uh, you know, was one of the ones in, in, at Arkansas this year. Uh, you could do worse underneath, but again, one of those that a win would surprise. Yeah, I, I mean, you have to respect the DeSormo combination, and expect, especially Keith DeSormo as a trainer. He's really skilled with two-year-old horses and three-year-old horses, and and moving these horses forward. Figure-wise, I mean, Sonatier ran seventy-eight point four last out, but that's really toppy. I mean. Horse has only three races above 70 and two races above 75. From a dam side, um, the only sibling, La Nina, was a sprinter. Uh, the dam sire, Half Hours, was a $6 million yearling purchase, another sprinter. So on the dam side, there's sprint, there's not distance. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I could use Sonatier. I don't think the horse is going to finish last, but tough to tough to figure. All right, so, sounds like I like him a little more than you. Not that that's saying much. I mean, not, not a factor for me at all, but uh, like you said, with, with the DeSormos and the way he's been around uh, the last two, 
uh, yeah. wouldn't shock me if, uh, you know, he clunked up. Uh, one who would surprise me a little bit, uh, just, you know, not not sure he's going in the right direction, is J-Boy right. Zecco. Looked great at Gotham over LRE. Uh, that horse's that race's form has not held up well. Uh, he he right. was uh, not a threat to bluegrass, comes in here <clears throat> 20 to 1, and uh, I'm inclined to pass on him. Yeah, yeah, me too. The figures are too slow, 72, 75, 73. Um, <clears throat> and from, you know, the dam side, he's got a sib unbridled outlaw who ran 11th in the Arkansas Derby last year behind creative. His dam, let's go, my echo, was three for four sprinting. It's five and a half and six furlongs. And at worst race was at a mile. I don't think this horse is going to be able to get the distance at all. <clears throat> I figure some, somewhere in the high teens, J-Boy Echo will finish. All right. Yeah, I, uh, I'm one of those, like, don't think you'll win, not really worried about him from an exotics perspective. So uh, worse than Patico there. Uh, Classic Empire, number 14. Uh, horse, who those who follow me on Twitter needs no introduction. Uh, my favorite horse in training. Uh, I've been high on his derby chances really since last summer. Uh, I'm yep. thankful that he won the Arkansas Derby. That's what I wanted to see. I wouldn't have been happy with a second or third. Uh, I think if he has the talent I thought he had, uh, that was a race he should win uh, to prepare for the Derby, and he did. Uh, so I'm sticking with him. Uh, one of two for me on, on my top tier of contenders, and uh, you know, but the, the one I'm cheering for the most, for sure. What do you think? Yeah, I, so, I somewhat agree. I mean, you know, Classic Empires by Pioneer of the Nile, right? And we know Pioneer of the Nile has campaigned and right, was American Pharaoh's sire. So there, that's a really strong move, especially since it is the only Pioneer of the Nile in the field. <clears throat> From a dam side, yeah, there's not much there. Um, but figure-wise, the really, really solid figures that I you – know, my only – that 80, if he comes back and runs that 80, that is the best race of all these horses last time. I think it's better than Hence's race, right? <clears throat> My only concern is if that was too big of a move for a two-and-a-half-month layoff. What are your thoughts on that? You know, if, if we were talking about sort of an always-dreaming situation where he had just run allowances or maidens as a two-year-old, I'd be more concerned. But because his foundation in the, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile is, I mean, right. really the best we've had of this group, not counting the Phillies, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. that that makes me less nervous about it. So, um, yeah. you know, it is a big jump. But he had been there before as a two-year-old when he threw his rider and then won at Keeneland and then at Santa Anita. So, uh, right. you know, for me, if he's training well, I'm happy. That seems to be the X factor with him is how he's feeling. Uh, and so far, so good there. But as uh, others have said, if he's uh, sweating out, you know, going to the gate and just lathered up, doesn't look good, doesn't do well in the paddock, uh, we saw that from him in the Holy Bull, and we know how that turned out. So, uh, right. you know, really until he goes into the gate, you can't feel comfortable that he's ready to run his best shot. But at four or five to one, I think the price is right. Yep, yep, agree. That brings us to McCracken, uh, one of the uh, four uh, favorites that I'm I'm against. Well, I'm against two. I'm four two. He's the other one I'm against, along with Always Dreaming. Uh, just a, I'm worried about how fast he is. Uh, b, 
uh, mile and a quarter concerns. Uh, you know, there's talk about how did Practical Joke not go by IRAP. Uh, I have the same criticism from McCracken now. He had training, and people say, well, the next race was the race they were going for. I call BS on that. He made what would have been a winning move if he were good enough, and he wasn't. So if he was that short, uh, I'm surprised he even ran because that was a that was a perfect trip and the way you're going to win that race, and he didn't. So, uh, you know, if he were 15 or 20 to 1, I'd say, yeah, I can take a shot on a horse training well who maybe needed the race. But as one of the favorites, I'm against. And passionately against, no doubt. I'll tell you about this with McCracken. We had a strong play against McCracken in the bluegrass. That 81 was really toppy. And to see him regress back to 74 was no surprise whatsoever. I expected the horse to run 75 and run third or fourth, and he did. You know, So he did what I expected him to do, last out. <clears throat> that regression is a little bit too much for me. And other than that one spike, he's going to have to – Move back to that t- that Tampa race to, uh, to get himself, you know, to be in the in the top three. I don't see it happening, and I, I also don't see from the from <clears throat> McCracken's, you know, family that uh, the dam was best at six furlongs, and you know he had one half to Irish Warfront or to Warfront, who ran second and fifth at turf. So again, the dam is a sprinter. Uh, and, you know, sure, these horses could get the distance, but a mile and a sixteenth is closer to a mile than it is. I mean, I, I don't think a mile and a sixteenth is a classic race. It's certainly not a sprint. It's a two-turn event, but you're looking at a bit of a longer run. He's going to have to have a sustained bid, Ed, uh, and there just looks to me like there are other closers with a stronger turn of foot that might be in better shape that might provide more value, and I think the last point you made we need to just make sure and discuss five to one or whatever this horse winds up going off at is light. It's light. And, you know, I would yeah. think like 12 to 15 to one is a more accurate reflection of what his true odds should be. I agree. And, and, and that's the type of derby where, you know, you learn how people bet it and horse <clears throat> everyone's using or not everyone. I'm not, but, uh, and, you know, we'll talk about some long shots later, uh, you know, wagering angles maybe. If uh, if Hence wins and McCracken second, I'm going to want to have that. Like, that's okay, the long shot on top. But if Classic Empire wins, uh, I'm not looking for another, you know, chalk exactly like last year. So McCracken's the one, one of the ones I wouldn't mind beating uh, if one of my top picks win. Uh, McCracken already beat Taprit in the Sam F. Davis. Uh, Taprit came back to win the Tampa Bay Derby. Uh, and then was uh, disappointing in the bluegrass, 20 to 1. And of the Pletcher's uh, three in here, the one who interests me most, uh, what do you think? It's just a shite race in the bluegrass. We, we liked him in the bluegrass, especially coming off that. You know, he ran basically a, probably one of the only 50s that any horses run in this field. Ran a 65-69, then comes back, runs a monster double top in the Sam Davis follows up with another big race at 79. So that regression indicates those two 78s and 79s took the wind out of the sail. Again, I can't see Taprit going back to a 79 after that last performance. I'm less likely to forgive races at this point in a horse's career than I am to uh, 
you know, draw, uh, uh, say that it's damaging. I'm not going to say the bluegrass was an excuse and he can, you know, move back to the Tampa Bay Derby. I just don't see that happening. I mean, I think Taprit, um, you know, the dam was a decent dam. He's the best of all sibs. There's not a lot to speak about there. There's not, there's not much that interests me about Taprit at all. I think Taprit is a toss for me. Okay, well, uh, we're definitely on opposite ends there. I mean, a, a win, I do like him most of the Todd's, even from a win perspective. But uh, I think back to last year with Dresden and the Tampa Bay Derby, and they, and they came straight to the Kentucky Derby, which I thought was one of the most awful ideas in the history of, of the Derby. Uh, and this year they had another Derby, Tampa Bay Derby winner, Went to the bluegrass. Uh, it seemed like a training race, and I don't know. I, I maybe psyching myself out thinking to Destin, but uh, it, it seems like Todd's trying to to figure out the right way to do it. And at twenty to one, I'll experiment more. Than I will at five to one. I'm always dreaming. So, well, what is the comment there. here about? What's your comment about unimproved? Or I'm sorry, unprepared in the ultimate PPs. Uh. I don't have those up because I'm going off the uh, predictor form here. Yeah. That, that's what the comment unprepared. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll uh, look up that while we we move. Once I get you going on Irish yeah, War yeah. Cry, <clears throat> yep, he's yep. Uh, number seventeen. Post positions winless in the Derby. That doesn't bother me. Sixteen and eighteen all have wins. As does nineteen and fifteen. So just you know the anomaly of being there. But to me, that's fine. Uh, new pace top certainly sticks out to me uh, on predictive form. I know the clockers like him, and uh, to me, he's he's one of the ones. Uh, you know, people talking about the Wood Memorial being uh, speed favoring track. I don't buy it. Uh, Motown and Cloud Computing both took a run at the top two and uh, took a run early. It's not like they were coming late or stalled. They made right. a move, and Irish War Cry turned them away, and. I don't know what happened in the Fountain of Youth, but if Grand Motion had said we're going to train up to the wood and they hadn't run that race, he'd be 5-2 to two in here, maybe lower. Uh, so I'm willing to gamble that the Fountain of Youth was the anomaly, and 6-1 to one's a great price. He's on almost all my tickets. Yeah, so, so a couple things about Irish War Cry. First, to note that the only race below 70 was that Fountain of Youth, but the Fountain of Youth was a new pace top. So... For us, the Fountain of Youth was a good race. It was an improving race. Not, that's what's so unique about the figures. The horse's new pace top in the Fountain of Youth indicates significant improvement is coming. So while the final figure is regression, and in the PPs that everybody can read, 7, 2, 2, 2, 6, 21 by 7 lengths, that everybody can read and you don't need anybody to come on and bite their pen cap and tell you that the horse ran seven by 21 lengths and ran a 75 buyer. We can all read that. From a figure perspective, that was an improving race. He follows that up and wins the Wood Memorial as we expected to, off a new pace top. And clearly, the betting public, the Sharpies, weren't too worried about that fountain of youth because he went off at three and a half to one comes back and runs what I consider one of the better races last out, and that's a, a, a followed up with a new pace top. Now, the new pace top, from a four-figure perspective, is 79, but from a final perspective, 
is still regression off his 77. The other thing you need to notice about Irish war cry when you look at his figures is that 74, 6 furlong figure. So he runs 79 to 4, 74 to 6, and 77 to final. So there's speed, deceleration, and speed. A horse that's figuring out its running style. That's what you want to look for in these young horses, is horses that are making marked jumps of improvement. And especially with the new pace top, which indicates forward performance in the next out, I think Irish War, not I think, Irish, Irish War Cry becomes our top pick in this year's Kentucky Derby. All right, I like it. Uh, on a limb, uh, you know, one of the four top choices, but I do think he'll be at least five to one. And uh, like I said, he's on all my tickets. And uh, if I'm being honest with myself, if it weren't for uh, the, the long uh, affair with Classic Empire, uh, probably may have even ended up being the top pick. But it's those two for me for sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, you talked about the new pace top in the Fountain of Youth. Uh, Ragazin would call that a buried race. Uh, looks good when you get the numbers. Uh, not so good to the layman's eye and the PPs. Uh, and that equals a better price in the Derby. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I'm in on this horse for sure. Number 18, Gormley, uh, also from the Santa Anita Derby, beat Battle of Midway last out. And uh, I've come around to him in that I maybe actually like him a little more than Battle of Midway because I think if he gets a clean trip, he can sort of hang around, and Victor knows what he's doing in this race. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, not one of those I love from a win perspective by any means, uh, but I feel like it's, it's sort of like a closing argument type of thing or bluegrass cat where, you know, we, we know he can run his race. We know he can take advantage of the right pace setup. Uh, so maybe, you know, 15 to 1, you could do worse. Uh, you know, I'm just kind of messing <clears throat> him, but not a, not a throw out for me. Yeah, so, so I feel the same way. Again, uh, Gormley does have a 77 at Santa Anita in January. So he's got, you know, he's shown he can run a 77, whereas Battle of Midway hasn't shown he can run a 77. So that's the first thing to note about Gormley. The second thing that I found interesting is the damn race to Erga. Um, this is her only runner, but race to Erga was five for six, at eight and a half furlongs, albeit on turf. So that dam side has distance. And I think that's really important because as you stretch out from nine to 10 furlongs, you want to know that there's going to be distance either on top the, the, the stallion or on bottom the dam. As I mentioned earlier, you're going to find value on the dam side because everybody knows about the sires and they're already built in. So I'm sort of warming up to Gormley as well. I would probably take a a uh, better stance, Ed, than you did and say that I will use Gormley underneath, um, and probably more so than Midway. Uh, I'm going to take a, I'm going to make a flyer, take a bet that the Santa Anita Derby is going to come up as a stronger race than uh, the morning line is, is telling. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, I, I like it. And Gormley uh, has a couple positive workout notes too. So, uh, you know, some things to uh, say he can get back to the race he showed. I like your point. Uh, you know, he's run already. Uh, he, he has the fast race, at least faster than Battle of Midway, who also has that Apollo curse working against him. Number 19, right. Practical Joke. Uh, to me, uh, one of the sort of interesting horses, we have a year where some horses 
lost races the public thought they'd win. Classic Empire, Irish War Cry, Gunnavera, McCracken, all beaten favorites. Uh, and Practical Joke is a horse who Practical Joke's a horse who looked like he had uh, some races in hand, didn't get the job done, hit the board though, ran well. Uh, I'm not tossing him. I think, uh, well, 20 to one, I think is a, a ridiculous price. I think it'll be more like 15 to one. But uh, to me, he's shown he 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 can get in the race, uh, which I like. So uh, I know there's some distance questions, but to me, in that next tier of horses being bet, I'm going to use them. Yep, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing really on the dam side. Uh, his numbers are too slow in here. But again, when when you when you look at a horse like Practical Joke, good first out 71, good second out 73, has a 77 and a half at Belmont without a double top indication. Practical Joke can move forward and certainly can hit the board. I don't know that I would use Practical Joke on top, but you know Chad is Chad's a great trainer. I don't think he's the I don't think he's going to win, but he's somebody to use underneath. And that brings us to number 20, the third of, uh, I don't think Master Plan will get in, but uh, Todd entered four. These, this is the third of the three who will probably stop. Uh, and that's Patch, most noted for having one eye. Uh, also, like Battle of Midway, up against the Apollo Curse. Second in the Louisiana Derby last out. Fourth career start. Uh, to me, just too much to do. Uh, looks like there's some talent there for sure, uh, but I don't know. Post 20 on top of it uh, just seems uh, too much to do. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the, look, the, the thing that's interesting about Patch is Patch ran a compression line 65, which is not much, ran a double top. Uh, we expected, you know, with a double top like he ran, he then blew through the double top and ran another double top. So, you know, he's finding his way. He's the favorite of, uh, of the three Fletcher horses. I think he's going to run the best. Uh, I, I think very little of the other, you know, I'm not crazy about Pletcher in this race. I think Patch maybe has the best chance of his couple runners. Um, but yeah, maybe. Maybe deep underneath. And, uh, he's not a toss, whereas the others are. No, and he has similar figures to Practical Joke. So, you know, you're getting even higher price on him. Uh, I'm definitely not going to let him beat me in second or third underneath the horses I really like. Uh, but I'm also not going to expand my tickets to say, oh, I got to make sure I have Patch on top or something like that. But yeah. uh, uh-huh. I, I do want the Royal Mo uh, only because he is on the new pace top, and uh, you know, sort of to me has sort of a, an interesting uh, improvement line, and he's the same trainer as Gormley. Uh, if he gets right. in, uh, what are you doing with him? Does he have any shot of getting in? I mean, the clock's ticking, but, you know, if one horse scratches in the morning, he's in, and because of the new pace top, I just wanted to make sure we touched on him Yeah. hear whether he's on board or not. Yeah, no, I, again, I made the statement earlier that I thought the Santa Anita Derby is going to come up bigger than the morning line odds are saying. Uh, you know, he's got this 73 to go back to. But of the runners coming out of the race, I like Gormley the most because he's run a 77. So when I think about a horse running a 77 again, I'd rather have somebody that ran the 77 than looking to do it the first time, albeit different circumstances. That's why I would think Gormley of the three coming out of the Santa Anita has the best chance to hit the board for me. 
All right, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh, if, if sheriffs really love Moromo, he may have found a way to keep Gormley out, though it's uh, right. tough to not not give a sense. And, and look, you, you made an interesting point about Espinoza, which I didn't I didn't think of. And again, I don't think about jockeys too much, but he he does have experience in these big races, which is which I think is probably important when when it comes to the saddling paddock and the post parade and. You know, just understanding how you get your horse ready to run in these races, whereas, you know, a bunch of these other guys might not be as strong. Um, you know, from a jockey change standpoint, everybody can read the jockey changes. You don't know me, need me to tell you that, you know, Gervin's got Mike Smith now, and that's improving, and that Hernandez chose to ride a crack in, right? So there's not a lot else that is worth talking about in the race, maybe other than how you might approach it from a wagering standpoint. Uh, and that is how we'll put a bow on this. Uh, you did say Irish war cry, uh, the top pick, yeah. uh, I have classic empire over him. Uh, and then hence mm-hmm. is sort of right there on, on the next tier. Um, right. my question for you, do you see this as a race where you are going to key Irish war cry and he's the one that you want to do well, or there are some long shots you're interested in enough that those are the ones you want to get in the number and you're going to play around with them. Yeah, no, so probably I'm going to use, I've been thinking about my betting, the way I'm going to approach betting on the race. Um, And I'm probably going to use four horses on top over maybe six underneath. So like a $24 key. Um, And that would be Irish war cry, Classic Empire. I'm definitely going to use Gormley on top because, um, you know, I think he, if, if any of these long shots step, step up, I, I think it would be him. Um, so, those, and hence, and hence we talked about, right? Yep. And, and then, you know, in addition to those four underneath, I would probably look at State of Honor, um, well, this is going to be eight underneath. So, state of honor, battle of midway, and the two horses outside. So, uh, one, and then you have uh, three others, and then eight. So, yes, yeah, tw- like you said, about it's twenty-one. So, you were you were pretty close. No, it's four, to 20. It's four, four over eight. Four over eight. Ed, is what I came up with. Yeah. So, what is that? Oh, 30, okay. Thirty-two dollars. So well, the. The four, uh, you lose one from the eight, so it's 28. I see, yeah, right, right. Okay, yeah, yep. Yeah, which very manageable. That's $14 for a 50-cent try. Yeah. Uh, I'm yep. sure you'll be hammering them for 20 though, but, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm betting uh, an exacta. I'm, I'm betting an exacta. Oh, exacta, okay. Uh, well, my strategy, uh, I'm going after the super. Uh, I definitely think, you know, if I'm against <laughs> two of the face. I'm going to try to blow it up. I'm going to try to blow it up. Uh, but for me, Irish War Cry or Classic Empire, one of them has to win. That That's definitely my super approach. And I'll, I'll look at right. the exacto will pay and, uh, you know, look at the, the doubles and stuff. And, and certainly we'll want to be covered if Hence wins, who I like at the price. But from the super perspective, uh, I'm going to ride my top two in that spot. Uh, and then, uh, really, I mean, we have a lot of agreement on uh, who makes up that next tier. Practical joke, I would uh, throw in on my, my main threats uh, afterward. But uh, I really think this is this is a year where the, the Super can finally get back to that five-figure payout, and uh, I want in. Yeah, uh, there, there's 
there's like a couple horses in here, and it's interesting that we agree, and we, we had no discussion, by the way, beforehand. But I don't think dream I – I just don't think always dreaming like um, – He's going to run. I think he's going to fade. I don't see him hitting the board. Uh, I, I, I feel the same way about um, uh, the other favorite. You know, there's a bunch of horses in here like I do not like. I can draw. I can draw lines through. You know, ten half the field I can cross. And so for me, I yeah. take the four that I have the best shot over the others. Yeah, and to me, that's why I'm I'm excited to actually bet this Derby because it's a race, and I've fallen into this trap before. Uh, but people think, mm-hmm. oh, it's the Derby. If I'm, you know, I'm right, and you know, I'm going to gamble and and get this big payout, and you know, it's the Super Pig less than a thousand last year. But people just they spread, they use all when they don't need the all button, they they protect with the favorites because you know everyone's talking about how great McCracken looks and they don't want him to beat him. And maybe he'll beat me, and that's fine. I mean, you're you're going to lose more than you win. But, uh, you know, to me, you have that opinion, as I do and we do, and you can beat Always Dreaming and McCracken. You know, the Super is going to, to pay big. So uh, I need to be right mm-hmm. about the winners. I need to be right about, uh, you know, the, the, two I don't th- uh, the two I think are underlays. And, uh, you know, from there, uh, you know, hope to get lucky that fast and accurate doesn't somehow <laughs> hang on for third. But... Uh, yeah, we're we're pretty similar on a lot, and if it comes uh, classic Empire Gormley hence, I, you know, I think it'll pay fine. <laughs> Very good, Ed. Any any, who's your best bet on the day? I haven't been been through the card enough, but I, I can tell you that uh, I'm not using anyone else in the Oaks but the favorite. Yeah, man, uh, Dallas Horse. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a yeah. that was a beastly performance. So. Yep. Yep. Now I'm laying off. I'm laying All off. Right. Tomorrow. Well, any, uh, any parting thoughts on the dirt? No, I, I I think it. Well, my my parting thought is this: uh, when when you when horses are being grouped here, and you talk about the four favorites, Ed, they're they're four distinct horses that are really different. Right, and you can't like all four of them. So you know, you talk about fi- finding the right two on top. I do think this is a, this is the kind of year. I mean, I do think there are horses, and there are a couple races that are being undervalued. Again, I, I think the Santa Anita Derby maybe the figures are slow, but I think the race is better than it was. And the Santa Anita Derby's produced good horses. I would expect one of the three Santa Anita Derby horses to run well. You know, I'm king on Gormley, but it's not to say that one of the other two or three can't run well. So um, I'm, I'm really less enthusiastic about the bluegrass. Um, uh, I certainly am not. Yeah, you know, like the, the bluegrass, I think, is the bunch of horses from the bluegrass. I don't think any are going to run very good. Um, yeah, and, and I'm well, not high at all on, on the Florida Derby and always dreaming. Yeah, and, and to me, you know, that Santa Anita Derby, and, and I didn't love it at the time. It wasn't like, oh, there's my Derby horse. But, you know, in, yeah, in yeah. the light of day and going through this race and hearing everyone talk about how bad it was, they don't want, you know, blah, 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 Santa Anita Derby. Uh, you know, to me, that's an opportunity because it, wasn't, it right. wasn't that bad. Like, oh, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, hey, if people don't want to bet it and all of a sudden it's an attractive price, 
uh, I'll take a shot with it, absolutely. And to me, uh, initially, like I said, Battle of Midway uh, looked like he did the dirty work in the race, but I I thought Gormley, you know, to win, uh, that's what good horses do. They win races like that. And like you said, he's he's faster if you go back, too. So, uh, yeah. And and the the race is four points slower. The race is, there's no question the race is on our figures, even if you were to discount the day two points. I think the race is four points slower than the rest of these. So that means that any of these runners are going to have to improve four points plus whatever somebody else improves to be there. But um, sometimes, can I leave you with one parting shot, one parting thought, Ed? Yeah. Okay. So Kerry always said, we don't manually adjust numbers because it's too much work and we get no scale. But if you were to look at the Santa Anita Derby, and you look at the final figure that Gormley ran, you look at the final figure that um, who ran second to him? Uh, Battle of Midway. Battle of Midway. And then you look at the horse on the outside uh, looking in, Royal Mo. They were all running 72s and 73s. And the top three finishers in that race all regressed. Really unlikely to happen. Right, it's really unlikely in a grade one that the top three finishers all regressed off their previous number. And that makes me think that maybe the Santa Anita Derby was better than it was indicated. Because just as it's rare that three horses improve, it's rare that the top three finishers regress. Does that make sense? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, so it gives you a little optimism that you know the number could have been a little higher, maybe. Right? I, I think the I think the number was look. Battle of Midway ran seventy five before, and Gormley ran seventy seven, and Royal Mo ran seventy three and a half, and they all ran seventy ones. I think that's that something doesn't smell right to me. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and say the Santa Anita Derby is going to be the most a race that's got the best shot to to provide a bomb in here at. I uh, have no problem uh, disagreeing with that, uh, and we'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, for the record, my top pick, Classic Empire, and yours? Uh, for the record, my top pick, is, top pick is Irish War Cry. All right, there it is, everyone. Uh, another uh, great right. podcast. In the, we had uh, 10,000 listens last year, Danny, so we'll see uh, what, what uh, this this one can do. But a lot of people interested in in the numbers and how to bet the race. So hopefully we uh, put them on the right path. All right, Ed. Thanks for having me on. Enjoy the day, and we'll catch up with you, I guess, before the Preakness. Yep, absolutely. All right, uh, Danny Zucker, thank you for joining us. And uh, everyone out there, thank you for joining uh, Brisnet and Twin Spires. We had a lot of fun doing the podcast, uh, seven episodes, uh, touching on a lot of different topics. Uh, Thank you to Scott Shapiro. Uh, Emily Gullickson, Bruno DiGiulio, Gary Young, and uh, Michael Baychalk for joining me throughout the week. Hopefully uh, some information uh, has been gleaned uh, to glean some of the money off the Paramutual Pool Saturday at Churchill Downs. Happy Derby, everyone. Enjoy it. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.